0: Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program, the Super Bowl of Real Estate Radio. In fact, it is today, Super Bowl Sunday, and because that's the fact, we're going to answer your questions. Yes, one of our favorite things to do on the Real Estate Guys is to answer listener questions. Ask the guys today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Hey, Russ, we need a catchy ad for David Campbell's hassle-free
1: cash flow properties in Dallas. How about nobody does Dallas like David? Uh, no. Okay, so what makes David Steele so great? Well, first they're in Dallas. It's a great market with strong drivers. Dallas
0: is a great market. Plus, they're brand new, noted for maintenance, a builder's home warranty, and lots of landlord-friendly features. Go on. David's offering a two-year rent guarantee. That means hassle-free cash flow from day one, guaranteed for two full years. Wow, how do I get in on this? Even that's hassle-free. Just send an email to hasslefree at realestateguysradio.com.
1: Now, what about the ad? A deal this good doesn't need an ad. Just an email to hasslefree at realestateguysradio.com.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash realestateguys. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks for tuning in. we got a great show for you today because you are our guest. It's the Super Bowl edition of Ask the Guys. With me as usual, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. I don't know how we got you to be here during Super Bowl Sunday. How did that work out?
1: The 49ers didn't make it. (laughs) Ah,
0: that's how it worked out. We both love the Super Bowl. Russ for the game, me for the commercials. But uh, we're here because we are loyal Real Estate Guys hosts. And even though it is Super Bowl Sunday, we are still bringing you uh, today's show and and excited to do so. So if you're listening live on the radio, guess you're not a football fan, but we like you anyway. Uh, We've got a, a great show, lots of questions. Here's what's been happening. We have all these questions from around the world that are coming into us. And the volume of questions is to such a degree that we can't possibly answer them all not that we ever could but we are doing our best to do the ask the guys shows you know every 8 to 10 weeks but if you have a question about uh, real estate we'd love you to go to our site at realestateguysradio.com and click on the button that says ask the guys that's where every one of these questions came today
1: yep absolutely and uh, it really helps us because it gives us a chance to get our thumb on the pulse of what's going on out there in the listening audience and there really are a lot of themes so even though we get A lot of questions, a lot of the questions have common themes, and so we want to encourage you, make sure you send your questions in, because if you have the question, there's probably a whole bunch of other people out there that also have the question, and when we see two or three or four or five of the same types of questions coming in, that's how we decide what to answer on the air.
0: So the disclaimer is that we are not tax professionals or attorneys, and what we're going to give you is not advice. It's just ideas and information. So as long as you understand that, uh, let's go ahead. And uh, without further ado, question number one comes from Nick in Milwaukee. Uh, He says, real estate guys, my name's Nick. I'm 20 years old. I'm living in Milwaukee. Recently, I've been turned on to real estate and I've listened to your show. You guys are great in capital letters. Yep which is a great way to get your question on first, by the way, Nick. Uh, (laughs) What advice would you give people my age looking to get into the real estate investment business? Where do we start with little credit uh, and massive student loans? uh, And we need a little help. Thanks, guys. So uh, this is a great question. You know, a lot of what people uh, have to figure out is how to get started in the business. And when you say real estate business, we're going to assume that that means getting into the rental property business. And so when you start out and you're a graduate, a college graduate, You don't have a lot of money, typically. You probably don't have great established credit, and you're saddled with student loans. So it seems difficult uh, to start with, but there are absolutely things you can do, and this is a great question.
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, Nick, one of your great assets is your unmarred credit. Yeah. So the fact is that credit issuers right now are looking for people to lend to. They just are looking under very strict criteria. And so the advantage of not having much of a credit record is you haven't had a chance to screw it up. So take good care of those student loans. and Make sure you pay them on time. Take good care of your credit score because it's one of the greatest assets that you have out of your seven essential investor resources. And of course, you have to pair that with income. You have to have documentable income today. You can't get away with just stating your income or making a number up like in the old days. And I'm not going to call them the good old days because they weren't the good old days, but it was certainly a lot easier to qualify for a loan. Uh, so, you know, those are the first two things just from a practical standpoint and beyond that, I think education. I mean, I think education is huge.
0: Well, I, I think before we leave credit, there's the other thing, which is many times you definitely want to protect your credit score, but you also have to build it up. When you've not been extended a lot of credit, people today are more hesitant to get into debt because of what's happened in the last few years. But getting into debt, good debt especially, builds your credit score and your credit record. And that's what you need to do early on as an investor. When you start out. Out, credit is one of the more important of the seven essential investor resources and you need to guard it jealously. I mean, it's such an important part of your beginning that it's hard to do real estate without it. credit. It's possible. Once you move on and you get down the road of being an investor for a while, you get to a point when your credit is less important. It's always important, but you can get by. Take it from, from someone who knows, you can get by with a lousy credit score. Uh, I Early in my investing career, I got heavily into real estate debt. And let me just tell you this. When you owe the bank $100 million, your credit score, your FICO score, your beacon score goes down because it may be good debt and it may all be producing wonderful results, but the guy who's going to extend you credit on a stereo system or a car looks at that and goes, there's no way I'm going to loan money to this guy. So don't be afraid of that. Get, Get into it. Today when we do big deals, They don't even run our credit in the traditional manner. That doesn't mean you're not credit worthy. You're definitely credit worthy, but it takes on a different meaning. But when you're starting out, credit score is huge. So let's talk about education. This is going to be a common theme today, just having seen some of the questions that have come in. Uh, It is crucial that you get not only educated, but the right education. For more than 10 years, our motto at the Real Estate Guys has been education for effective action. You have to make sure that you're getting yourself educated with stuff that's actually going to help you to take action.
1: Yeah, and part of that is you'd look around, watch people who are doing it, and watch what works, and watch what doesn't work, and reverse engineer both the successes and the failures. There's a lot of lessons. You know, every year we do Halloween Horror Stories, and the reason we do that is because there's a lot of lessons in things that go sideways, and so that's really important. I think another real important thing for a young person, in fact, I was just on a coaching call the other day with a gal, and I was talking to her a little bit about her business, and she's a young person, and you know, when you're young, you don't have uh, a lot of life experience to draw on and so it's easy to have your confidence shaken when the inevitable difficult times come and they always do and the first thing you have to realize is that's normal being insecure being afraid being uncertain making mistakes that's all part of the learning process so education just isn't about books and tapes and seminars it's about doing and making mistakes and you have to accept that as part of the process so the environment you put yourself in who you associate with and you know, make sure they're supportive of you. Napoleon Hill calls it your mastermind group. One of the most important things you can do as a young person is build your mastermind group and and build up your your confidence and the resources of wisdom that you can draw upon when you get into situations when you're in over your head. Well, I think
0: it's get around the right people. That's the thing. When you're young, you tend to gravitate towards groups that have the same you know commonalities with you. People that like to go to concerts or play a certain sport or gravitate towards whatever activity. You get to choose that. Make sure you pick the right peer group to be in. And then expand your knowledge by interviewing successful older real estate investors. Find someone in your community that's doing the thing that you wish you were doing. They own, you know, seven or eight investment properties and Take them to lunch. Offer to take them to lunch and say, hey, if you were me and you were starting out and you were twenty years old, what would you do? I-, I promise you, the most successful people will take time to help shepherd a brand new, eager, enthusiastic person along.
1: And yeah, you don't even have to be a young guy to do it. I started my mortgage company. I was in my late thirties, but that's exactly what I did. I went and found the most successful real estate people I could find, the most successful mortgage people I could find. I conducted four or five interviews before I ever launched the company to try to figure out how I was going to position myself and you know the question. I asked was, tell me about your best successes, tell me about your biggest mistakes and the lessons you've learned, and knowing what you know now, if you could do it all over again, what would you do? And I think part and parcel of that is along the way, you'll find people who have more work to do than they can do. Yeah. And the opportunity to be an intern, the opportunity to uh, come in and just hustle and do whatever needs to be done to be in an environment where you're around people who are doing the thing that you want to be doing uh, is a great way to learn through osmosis. You know, It's not scripted, it's not formal, but you just learn by being in the environment. And when you're young, it, hopefully you keep yourself unencumbered and you don't have a lot of other commitments with your time and money. You have the freedom and flexibility to be able to get in that environment. And, and believe me, there are many, many many... many people out there who will accept you readily and warmly into their fold uh, if you can help them advance their goals. Well, that's the big if. If
0: you can help them. So your mission is to add value. Don't just be a leech. Don't just come in, what can I get from this person? It's all about what can you give to this person? They're busy. They don't have time to get everything done. But if you are educated and researched and you're up to speed on something, bring an item of value. Hey, have you read this article that I read in in this journal? And Look, I was researching this and here's what I found. You're bringing ideas to this person. They they may not need that but the fact that you're trying to 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 add value is huge and what they're looking for is that spark in your eye, that yeah. you're excited about it. Because what happens, especially as people become successful in real estate, is they don't spend as much time anymore with the places they got started. And they love to see that. They love to hang around people who are enthusiastic. So it's, and, and it's those people that are easy to find. Obviously, you should be networking as much as you can. If you don't already have a real estate investor business card, get one, right? When you go to networking events, and inevitably someone's gonna ask for your contact information, and, and a business card is a great little tool but don't give them the business card of your job or the business card of your other business. Give them the business card that says real estate investor. Well, and be
1: focused. You know, I mean, I had a strategic decision make. I was working in corporate sales, and that was really where my money came from and where I spent most of my time. But I wanted to be in the mortgage business and start a mortgage company. I didn't run around you know, having a card that says I'm a jack of all trades, I do a little of this, I do a little of that, you know, I decided with each person that I met how I wanted to be positioned in their eyes, and then I I was being who I was becoming, I was behaving like a mortgage guy, I I passed out my card, and for those people who were just meeting me for the very first time, the only... Russell Gray they knew was the one I let them see and I think as a young person you have a wonderful opportunity to not reinvent yourself because you're just starting out you get to invent yourself and but no matter what age I mean I don't care if you're 50, 60, 70 years old out there listening to this if you're ready to say hey look I want to change my future it starts with changing who you are and that's how you project yourself and present yourself to the world and that'll open doors for you.
0: Let's talk about the age thing because if you're young I I would encourage you to not ever view that as a challenge or difficulty that is a wonderful asset you have we see so many young people that say well yeah but i'm only 20 or I'm only 25 that's the wrong mindset look at look at the amazing success that a lot of young people have had in recent years right founders of company you know you look at the the google guys i mean it's amazing how much success you can have so don't discount that and the other side of that is if you're 40 or 50 or 60 People automatically assume a certain level of credibility, right. right? And and so don't say, well, you know, gosh, I you know, I got fired at fifty-five, what am I gonna go do? Well, when you show up and you look the part and you can speak the language, people are gonna just assume you've got all this experience. You may not but you you're the only one that knows that right so whatever gifts you have make sure that you're, you're going to use those so continue to get educated but but make sure it's education that leads to something and congratulations for taking an interest i mean i wish i hadn't waited till i was 24 to buy my first property <laughs> right i mean get started it's, it's, it's never you're never too late or as george elliott says it's never too late to be who you might have been yeah all right great question number two this comes from uh, michael in saskatoon in uh, the great country of canada hey guys love your show i've been listening for three years every week i seem to get something really valuable that I can think of or implement on my investing strategy. I'm 25 years old, excellent, another young guy, uh, and have credit score of 800. I have two properties with two suites in each. I live in the upstairs of one, and I was wanting to buy another rental and wondering if you had any suggestions and ideas for for me. Thanks, keep the good work, Michael. All right, Michael, first of all, awesome. Four units at the age of 25, good job. Uh, I think there's a couple of things here. We we must say that that, uh, when it comes to uh, your credit score and the loans that you can get in Canada, we're certainly not expert on that. But I think this is also one of those questions that Russ alluded to. We get a lot of questions like this. So uh, great that you made the decision you want to own own more property. There's lots to talk about here.
1: Yeah. When I was in the mortgage business, one of the things we did for our clients was we called it a borrowing power analysis. And we would underwrite the person. We would sit down with them and we would look at their income, their assets, their cash reserves, their experience now. Their credit score. And what we could document, I mean, based on the current underwriting. So the first thing I'm doing, if I'm you, is I'm getting my financials together and I'm gonna go meet with a mortgage professional and I'm going to say hey tell me what's out there for me what types of properties what price points it's it's real estate 101 you know get pre-qualified figure out what what you really have to work with once you have that then you can begin to narrow your search for properties and price points and cash flows and markets that are going to produce the cash flows and price points that you need you may have to look outside of your you know, your your little local area. Robert, you always say you live where you want to live and invest where the numbers make sense. Uh, but the first point is just figuring out, you know, getting that borrowing power analysis done.
0: Now, not every mortgage professional is going to think like that. Everyone, quote unquote, pre-qualifies you, but you want someone to really get into it with you. And the way that you get in that kind of a relationship is that you pledge your loyalty. Pick your provider well yeah. and, and don't go to three different mortgage professionals. I mean, maybe as you're interviewing people. But by the time, see, see what happens in Russ's business for sure, what, what those reps used to do is spend a lot of time up front with the file and the person. So they were making a big time investment in you. And if you just went off and, and went down the street to, you know, ABC mortgage, that didn't play very well. So to get the right person, you might have to kiss some frogs, but make sure when you find the right person that you're loyal to them. And then the other thing is you might consider because you brought something up, Michael, which is interesting that you're willing to live in a rental property. Not everybody is, but because you are, you're I would at least consider with your mortgage professional, can you make this next property also owner-occupied? In most places, owner-occupied loans are better loans, better, easier to get, uh, better rates, all of that. And because you're living in a unit, nothing says you can't rent that unit out and then become an owner-occupant of another two-unit property. And and you can get owner-occupied financing for up to four units, typically. So that might be a thing to think about, too, as you're approaching financing acquisition number three.
1: Yeah, and make sure, again, this process of getting fully underwritten is a matter of understanding, for example, what income counts. It used to be that if you had roommates, it was very hard to document that type of income. You know, you want to have formal rental agreements. Seasoning is going to be real important. Again, we don't exactly know the rules of the game in Canada. That isn't the point. The point is get into a relationship with a guy and coming back to this idea, we used to charge for it. But the other way we, we could handle it, the way you can add value to a relationship is through your referrals, you know. So if you've got a service provider who's taking good care of you and you're not ready to pull the trigger on a deal... In the course of your business and networking and you have an opportunity to point people to this guy, do it because that adds value to the relationship and you don't have to write a check.
0: Or gal, I should say. Or gal. A lot of... Video. Well, we, we are look, the
1: real estate guys. The
0: vast majority of uh, the reps in your company were were women, thank goodness. All right. Uh, those are... <laughs> we got a lot of questions today. When we come back, we'll uh, have more of them. If you have a question for the real estate guys, go to our website at realestateguysradio.com and click the button that says... Ask the Guys. More questions when we come back. We are the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms.
2: Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. The Real Estate Guys podcast is
0: brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of The Real Estate Guys, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. You might like Trump, Think Like a Billionaire, What You Need to Know About Success, Real Estate, and Life by Donald Trump. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash Guys. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash Guys.
1: Have you ever been
3: frustrated with your bank, denied a loan, charged excessive fees, hassled over late payments? don't worry you're not alone what if you could become your own bank set your own terms interest would be paid to you all your monthly payments could be reused for other purchases now you can there's a cash management system that families business owners and investors have used for decades which allows you to be the bank for a free article from our friends at paradigm life Visit www.beyourbank.com or call us at 1-888-510-6838, extension 116.
1: Hi, this is Peter Schiff and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys.
0: Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, and happy Super Bowl Sunday. If you're listening to the podcast, then you know what's happened in the game. For us, we're just sitting here in the dark wondering, but we are answering your questions. It's Ask the Guys. We love this show. Now, next week on the show, something really cool is going to happen. It is the drawing to give away a Real Estate Investor Summit at Sea for two. Some lucky winner is going to be a week from now celebrating because they will have won the Summit at Sea for two folks so that's very exciting well, and
1: there's still time to get your name in the hat if you want to do that so you just sign up for our newsletter at uh, realestateguysradio.com and everybody who does that is automatically entered all right here we go this question comes from Steve in Peoria, Illinois you mentioned on a
0: podcast that there are 5% down opportunities is that in certain areas with certain lenders and or with certain types of properties and opportunities uh, well great question Steve no any property can be bought with 5% down <laughs> no 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 when we were talking specifically about an opportunity that uh, we saw with the developer. Now, there are developers who are doing this. You know, b- Back in the day, right? The loans, you had to have 20% down. Then lenders got creative, and pretty soon, as properties were going up in value consistently, lenders would say, well, 10% down, 5% down. They got to a point where there were actually 110% loans where you could borrow more money, even more than that, 125% yeah. of the value. Well, now we're back to reality, and, and for most purchases, you're going to need 20% down or more as an investor. Investor owns multiple properties. That number can go up as someone investing from another country. That number gets to thirty-five or forty percent down. So you have to understand that leverage is important. And it, you're going to pay a price. So 5% down sounds like a good deal, or no money down sounds like a good deal, and it may be, but it's going to affect your cash flow. So, typical scenario, and this is absolutely possible in certain areas with certain developers, you get a developer who's selling something brand new. Now, that's important because they have the margin and they have the wherewithal to make these kinds of deals. You go and you put 5% down of cash. The traditional lender makes you an 80% first loan, and the developer loans you a second of 15% or carries back a mortgage for the 15%. So those types of deals are still available today. Not every lender is going to want to play that way today. And you're going to have to have compensating factors to only put 5% down. Your credit's going to have to be great. And you're going to have to understand that that's debt service on that second loan. So you're paying more each month. And typically those seconds Or at a higher interest rate.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, all the pricing and loans are based on risk. And so less skin in the game, if you will, less down payment means more risk. Now, you can compensate for that with great cash reserves, great credit score. And that's the other thing. If, you know, you're implied in your question is, hey, I don't have a lot of cash. It's not just down payment that you need. You're going to need cash reserves. And if it's non-owner occupied, you're going to need even more cash reserves. You're going to need cash reserves for your operation, but
0: you're also going to need cash reserves to show the lender. Exactly. Those are two different things, but both reasons why
1: you need to have
0: some ballast.
1: Right. And you really need to be informed. And it goes back to, you know, the earlier uh, question that we answered where we Talked about how important it is to be completely engaged with a mortgage professional. He's one of your most important team members because access to to conventional money, access to you know the banking system and the loans that are out there. Uh, that's a moving platform, and somebody has to be monitoring it for you on a regular basis. Well, obviously, somebody who does that for a living is going to be doing that. And if you're a faithful, loyal borrower and you're somebody that is bringing referrals then you can develop that type of relationship where that person really becomes a key member on your team so uh, so that's real important because you don't have to know all this you just have to have somebody who does you know that's in your power Rolodex. Now what you do have to know is which
0: opportunities are available like this in fact we know of a couple of opportunities right now that are 0% down now before everyone runs to their email and says tell me where that is understand 0% down isn't for everybody when you don't have any skin in the game you're not putting any money down. Guess what? That there's no free lunch. Something's going to happen on the on the other side. And and so in those scenarios, if you're putting no money down, they're typically on properties that have other attributes that that may or may not fit your personal investment philosophy. So everybody wants to put as little down as possible, but just understand what the trade-offs are. And Again, we're not in the business of selling real estate. We're not in the business of promoting sales of real estate. So where those opportunities are, you're going to have to figure that out or come on one of our field trips where we we can have a candid conversation or something. But um, there are opportunities today, but it's not the vast majority. Today, for the most part you're going to have to have down payments.
1: Well, or you're going to have to be creative. You know, seller equity is going to be a way to get it done. Um, You can do things with partners if you're short on cash yourself, uh, which is a very much a big part of your personal investment philosophy. Not everybody wants uh, partners. Uh, Another thing to think about when you have high levels of leverage, you're going to have cash flow issues, which you talked about. And in the beginning, if you're brand new and you're buying income property, you don't get credit for the income coming in in today's uh, conventional lending uh, underwriting criteria. So, so it might behoove you to actually make a big down payment and have good, strong cash flows, let those cash flows season, and then try to restructure that financing later to free up that capital or through a third-party lender, free up cash by putting a second on the property, a private lender. Now, the yields might not be great, but you, know, you got to do what you got to do. And in the beginning, uh, maybe cash flow in terms of high levels of cash flow is less important to you when the finished product is done and acquiring more real estate is more important Uh, That just depends on the strength of your own income and what you need to survive. It's really important that you're conservative with your cash flows because if you lose control of the mortgages, you lose control of the property and there's no profit in it for you then.
0: We talk about personal investment philosophy a couple of times. Get in touch with who you are as an investor because you may think that you want low down payments, but that may not be what you really need. I mean, we get people that come in and say, yeah, I want to make sure I'm going to get in a situation where I'm buying a foreclosure. Well, really? Do you want a foreclosure or do you want a really good deal? Because there are really good deals today that aren't foreclosures. Oh, and, yeah. and foreclosures and short sales are tough going. That's a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of headache. And when there's a deal that's just as good, but right, so so what are you really after? Is it because you have no money? Well, then go get some money, figure out how to add value somewhere and create that. And then you can choose to go low money down, a 5% down because it makes economic sense and fits in with your personal investment philosophy, not because you're broke.
1: Yeah. I just got to throw this in. You know, we always say, if you want great uh, answers, you got to ask great questions. And, you know, Robert, you just brought it up, which I think is brilliant. The idea is, Hey, I don't have much money down. How do I get more leverage? The answer might be, how do I get more down payment? Yeah. How do I go do something? How do I flip a contract? Or, you know, I mean, whatever you do, find a great deal and assign it to an investor that that has the wherewithal and just take your cash. And now you've got a down payment.
0: Absolutely. All right. So good question. This one comes from Tony who lives in Georgia. He says it just got mailed a notice on uh, January 21st, 2012 just in case you think these questions aren't current, Uh, that our tenant filed Chapter 13. Oops. She has not paid January rent yet. Of course not. Uh, The first meeting is scheduled for February 23rd. And uh, where does this leave us and what might we expect? This is our first investment property, and we've had it about four months. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Thanks, Tony. All right. So this is one of the reality checks in in real estate. You're renting your property out to either – person who lives in a house or a business that occupies the store? And what happens when they file bankruptcy? It's one of the protections that they have. Now, part of the answer here depends on where the property is. And because we're not experts on Georgia... We did something that we love to do as real estate guys. We picked up the phone, and and uh, we asked our good friend Ken Corsini from Georgia Residential Partners uh, that, this question. He had a great answer. He goes, well, guys, I've had this happen to me on one of my rental properties. I have to tell you, I wasn't intimately involved, but my property manager, who's been doing this a quarter of a century, she handled it. She knows the answer. We got on the phone with her yesterday, and uh, she gave us the answer, which I think is awesome.
1: Yeah, it was great. You know, Basically, it, it, there's a lot of commonalities in bankruptcy law, but bankruptcy is designed to stop the creditors and give the person a chance to regroup. Yep. A Chapter 7 is a complete liquidation. Uh, and a Chapter 13 is a reorganization. And so the trustee, the bankruptcy trustee, and that's who that meeting he alluded to on the 23rd yep. is with, uh, where the creditors meet with the trustee. And they what they do is they look at all the pile of debts, and they look at what the uh, borrower has to work with in terms of cash flow and assets. They decide which assets the person gets to keep, and they take the money and they decide who's going to get paid how much and when, and you can go in there and plead your case and, and, and bargain for what you want.
0: Now, let me stop you right there for a minute, because if you are the landlord, you absolutely want to be at this meeting. As much as it isn't convenient for your schedule and for some of you, it's only one of your properties, have someone there because your debt, if you will, looks different than everybody else's, meaning that they're they're wanting to continue to live in your property. And so they may owe you, in this case, in, in Tony's case, the the they have one month. Rent that they're owed, that is probably going to be treated as part of the bankruptcy and the reorganization. And unfortunately, Tony, you're going to be with everybody else in that pile of debt to get paid at some time down the road. But that change is going forward because, unlike the person that loaned them money, you know, 10 years ago and now they still have a debt there, you have an ongoing relationship.
1: Right. Well, here's the other thing. I mean, keep in mind that the whole purpose of the bankruptcy law stopping the creditors is to protect the borrower. So they're not really interested in protecting the landlord. However, They are trying to keep the person from being homeless and you own the home. If the amount of money you get won't service your debt and pay for maintenance, the the bankruptcy trustee has to be made aware of that. They have to understand, look, if I'm only getting $500 and I got a note of $800 on the property, property is going to go into foreclosure and this person's going to end up on the street anyway. So we need to structure this in such a way that it's really going to work for the borrower because they don't care about you. You're the rich landlord. You just have to explain the situation so they know that you can't afford not to be paid at least enough to keep control of the property.
0: Well, another thing that Tammy pointed out, she said in this case, this January rent's going to be put in that pile most likely. Again, she told us, hey, I'm not the attorney, but I deal with this a lot. Uh, and and then, then she said that, But February's rent, rent going forward, is a new deal. It's not part of the bankruptcy. So you will be paid, and the bankruptcy trustee will set it up so that in their – in your tenant's monthly affordability, they can pay their rent because, as Russ says, it's important that they stay in the house. So uh it could be worse, and it depends on the area that you're in. Right? There are some states that that uh, it might look different than this. But one of the things she did mention, and this is important, that in her experience, at least in Georgia, and I find this to be true in many jurisdictions, that a bankruptcy is one of the ways to halt an eviction procedure. So if you had gotten to the point, Tony, where you had not been paid for say a few months, and you wanted to evict the tenant, you filed. The the notices that are appropriate in your jurisdiction, and then they filed the bankruptcy, it would stop your eviction. So just, you know, for general knowledge, that's one of the few things a bankruptcy or foreclosure can stop an eviction uh, process, uh, a bankruptcy for the tenant and a foreclosure for the landlord. But um, in this case, hopefully the rent going forward is not going to be an issue.
1: Yeah, so just a couple of uh, points in closing on this question, Tony. First of all, welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to being a landlord. Notice it's your first investment property. Now you know why the banks want you to have reserves and why you need to have reserves. The other thing is, it was great for us to be able to pick up the phone and talk to an experienced property manager, and she said, look, I'm not a lawyer, but I can call my lawyer and get more information if you need it. We didn't ask her to do that, but she had somebody readily on tap you want to have that so that when you have these kind of questions, because you should never rely on a radio show or a website article or a newspaper article or something for your advice when you're actually dealing with real money in a real situation. So we'd encourage you to get somebody in there uh, who can represent you. And the last thing is... Well, stop there because that's an important point. For a
0: couple of hundred dollars, you're going to get a great local attorney that absolutely knows the game here. So Tony, hopefully these ideas and information are helpful, but but hire someone yeah. so that you
1: know, because then as long as you're in investing in this area you'll know what the law is yeah and the other thing is we encourage investors to keep a journal keep a record of everything you go through with this everything you learn on this and uh, and then if it's really really good send it to us for halloween horror stories in october we want to hear all about it you're
0: tuned to the real estate guys radio program today you are the guest we're answering listeners questions for super bowl sunday more when we come back plus a chance to win a prize with real estate trivia next on the real estate guys radio program
2: real estate investment advice right in your mailbox sign up for the free real estate guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com
4: are you ready to take your real estate investing to a whole new level imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors world-class educators and real-world professionals join the real estate guys for the 10th annual investor summit It's part education, part inspiration, part transformation, and a whole lot of fun. And it takes place in four different countries. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors, Ken McElroy and Wayne Palmer, International Developer, Beth Clifford, Attorney, Mauricio Rold, and the Godfather of Real Estate, Bob Hounds. Plus, joining us for the first time, Robert and Ken Kiyosaki, live and in person. It all begins March 30th, 2012 in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. The Investor Summit always sells out, so reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-GUYS-RADIO to talk with our Summit Specialist. That's 888-489-7723. 888-GUYS-RADIO. Spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, the Kiyosakis, and an all-star faculty on the 10th Annual Investor Summit.
0: Looking for solid cash flow in a market where the jobs are likely to stay put? This is Robert Helms. Join me March 2nd through 4th for the Real Estate Guys Investor Field Trip to Memphis, Tennessee. I'm excited to show you this affordable real estate market where cash flow is the name of the game. You'll meet active developers, rehabbers, property managers, plus folks from the Chamber of Commerce, and many surprise guest speakers. Find out how the 4Rs of Memphis will virtually ensure a steady supply of qualified tenants. For all the details, visit realestateguysradio.com and click on Events. Join me in Memphis for an amazing cash flow weekend. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events.
2: Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the real estate guys. They really know what they're talking about.
0: Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for listening. We're excited to have you here, and it is Ask the Guys. If you have a question for the guys, go to our website at realestateguysradio.com. Click on the button up top that says Ask the Guys and Fire Away. We love to answer listener questions. Uh, before we get back to our big pile of questions, we're going to do something we do every week halfway through the show. It's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize for knowing today's real estate trivia question. Now, I was going to make it something about football, but I'm realizing that if you're into football, you're not listening today. And if you're listening, today, you're probably not into football. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you the trivia question, which has something to do with real estate. As soon as you hear the question and think you know the answer, quickly send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your physical mailing address along, of course, with the answer to the question or your best guess. And uh, we're going to give away a prize to the first person with the right answer. Then we'll take all the correct guesses for the week, give away a second prize. That way, if you're listening on iTunes, you still have a chance to win as long as you get your entry and before next week's show. And Next week's show is a big show. It is the Summit giveaway. So uh, that's the deal. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Before we uh, tell you what the prize is or give you the question, let's go to last week's question. Uh, we did our global real estate trend show last week, and we asked, which individual owns the most land in the world? And this was fun. A lot of great guesses on this. But the number one individual that owns the most land is Queen Elizabeth II. Wow. She owns six point six billion acres of land worldwide, including Great Britain, Northern Ireland, Canada, Australia, and some other spots here and there, also uh, the Falkland Islands. So what's interesting is that uh, as you look through the list, and the list is quite the impressive list, I've found a list of the top 15 uh, uh, landowners. Uh, she's uh, She's far and away the winner. The next largest landowner has a mere 547 million acres. so hardly anything really so six six billion uh, acres here's our trivia question for this week 17 of the 20 highest peaks in the united states are located in one state which one 17 of the 20 highest mountains, the highest peaks in the U.S. are located in one state. I want to know which state that is. If you know or want to take a guess, quickly send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And you might win an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. That is today's real estate trivia question. Speaking of questions, it's Ask the Guys today. We are answering listener questions, and uh, we've got a bunch of great questions today. Our next question comes from Jason in Mountain View, California. He says, I'm uh, Jason. I'm looking to learn more about investing in real estate. I'm 29 years old and don't currently own any property, but would like to purchase later next year. Uh, This question came in just at the end of uh, last year, so I think that means this year he's going to purchase. I have about $100,000 saved up. Congratulations. Within the next three years, I'd like to start a real estate investment company. Which event would you recommend me to get started? Would it be the Investor Summit at Sea or the Dallas Field Trip? Uh, or should I wait until I buy later next year? Let me know, thanks. All right, well, first of all, great that you're interested in coming to one of our events. I, I think uh, between those two... Uh, Gosh, those are both great events. So uh, here's the idea. Field trip is a way to spend three days in a marketplace, see it up close and personal, meet local providers, understand all the drivers, and more importantly, see how we view a market as through an investor's eyes, if you will. Uh, So that's very market specific. The Investor Summit at Sea is just the most amazing week possible with the highest level of brains. And I I don't know, Russ, I have to go with the summit.
1: Absolutely. I think the summit for sure, because we talk about how important it is to start with your personal investment philosophy and strategy, how important it is to have education, the opportunity to have perspective, because, you know, you don't even know what you don't know until you're around people who do. And so on the summit, you got people from at least 13 different countries right now. I've heard it may be as many as 15. You've got the Kiyosaki's, you've got Kenny McElroy, you've got, you know, all of us. But I mean, you're going to have so many different people and opportunities to engage in conversation. You can ask questions like, tell me about your personal investment philosophy. Where do you invest? What type of properties do you buy? Knowing what you know now, if you were me starting out, what would you do or what would you be thinking about? And I think you spend a week intensely focused like that. You're going to, come out with some real clarity of vision, and then it's going to make a lot more sense. You might look at Dallas from a distance and go, you know, that market looks like a market I'd be interested in for the types of properties and, and things I'm you know interested in investing in. Now I'll make that investment. And there's another event, Jason, that you didn't mention, but one you might be really interested in. It's our Secrets of Successful Syndication, because we think there's a huge opportunity right now uh, to start a real estate investment company. And you can do it on the lending side. You can do it on the investing side. You can buy individual properties, a lot of different ways to do it. And again, the summit will give you an opportunity to talk to people who are actually doing that. Uh, And then the, the syndication event will actually provide the training on how do you go do it. And you're off to a great start. I mean, you've got capital in the bank. It sounds like you're a, a diligent, responsible money manager. You've got clear vision on what you want to do, and you're willing to invest in education. I'm hoping we see you on the summit. Absolutely.
0: And there's other great events, too. So it's just, you know, I mean, he asked specifically about our events, and that's great. And we love to do events and meet people there. And we only do stuff that we think is going to lead to effective action for people, right? Uh, but at the same time, depending on what you're interested in, look for specialty education. Again, a big thing you're always going to hear from us is some of the best investment you can make is to get yourself educated. All right. Uh, this comes from Wynn in the Syracuse, New York. I'm a recent college graduate and was lucky enough to find a full Time job earning around 35k. I'm hoping to pursue a career in real estate. For a long time, I have thought I would like to purchase a large house in a university setting and rent it out to students as a kind of a startup. An ideal situation would be purchasing a house for around 125,000, renting it for 1800 to $2,000 a year. A year. Okay, well, let's hope that's a month. Uh, and using that money to pay off a $110,000 mortgage hopefully combining money from rent and disposable income for a full, from a full-time job. I could pay off a mortgage in 10 to 15 years and then start expanding to other things. Realistically, this is probably not something that can materialize until I have worked a few more years and saved more money, but for now, do you have any advice on how to make this goal a reality or anything I may be overlooking? Thanks. All right, well, a bunch. First of all, uh, congratulations on both your graduation from college and a job. A lot of people be envious of even having a job today, and a job is a great thing. Russ talked earlier about how important your credit score is. When you start out in, in real estate investing, one of the mistakes we see exceed- excited real estate investors do is they try to figure out how to quit their job too soon. One of my favorite Robert Kiyosaki books is just a little book. and didn't get that much attention, but it's called Before You Quit Your Job. Yep. And, and, the, and the mindset is don't quit your job too soon. Having a regular paycheck, having documentable income, having that routine in your life, having the ability to meet people in an environment, all of those are good things. So people get excited about real estate, right? Uh, we've had people who earn more in one real estate transaction than they do in an entire year of working. That doesn't mean it's time to quit because you may not be able to do that again and again and again. You want to get to the point where you can, but, but don't quit your job t- too soon. Now, the idea of being around a univers- uh, university, this is great. So I got my start being an on-site residential manager at an apartment building a block from a major university. So I like this concept. And one of the other properties that I managed was a seven-unit apartment building that was basically what you're talking about. So if you're interested in renting out by the room, you can really make the numbers go crazy. In other words, a lot of markets we look at, we use you know the rule of thumb, the 1% rule. Hey, if I can get 1% of the purchase price in the rent, so $125,000 property, if that can rent for $1,200, $1,250 a month, those numbers probably work. How do you get that up to eighteen hundred or two thousand? You rent individual rooms to students. Now there is certainly tenant landlord law that comes into place in jurisdictions you'll have to know about, and there's the the hassle factor of individual students. And, and having dealt with with college students for a long time as tenants, they aren't always based in reality. Is right? They think they have checks. I've got checks in my checkbook. I must have money, right? So they don't always prioritize the best. But it's great, great landlord experience.
1: Yeah. And so when another thing, as uh, I'm just looking at this question and thinking about it, is this idea that you put in there about the, uh, the notion of uh, taking the income and paying off the mortgage. You know, there's a lot to be said for having a property that's free and clear and just being free from any possibility of losing it. But in the transition from the time that you have the big mortgage to the time that you have no mortgage is a big, huge block of time where you have equity. And that equity is a target. It's a target for predators, you know, people who are going to come in and try to sue you because they can see, it's very easy to see that you have equity in your property. They look it up, they can see the value of the property, they can see the value of the note and the difference is what they think they can go after. I'm a big fan of not having any equity in the property. Now, I'm not saying I don't want equity on my balance sheet. I'd like to have it away from the property. And part of that is because mortgage loans are so inexpensive right now you really don't have to be super brilliant to outperform the mortgage. You know, if you're if you've got a four or five or six percent mortgage, you only have to earn with that money that you're not using to pay off the loan, more than that. And the thing is, if you have a desire, if you've got these types of cash flows on property, you would be better off getting another down payment and getting another mortgage and continuing to add to your portfolio because the cash flows make sense. So Now, this is a paradigm. This is
0: a thing you've got to think through. You've been taught since you were a little wind that you're supposed to pay down <laughs> your your mortgage, right? Get rid of that bad, ugly debt. I'll pay it off, and then in 15 years, I'll have a property. We would urge you to do the math. If you do the math and say, rather than divert all that excess cash, cash towards paying down the mortgage and creating a target. If I were to use that money instead to buy another property and another property and another property, if you just do that math, make some assumptions, put together a spreadsheet, that'll make Russ proud of you. See what it looks like in those two scenarios. You will build wealth a whole lot faster if you compare the the numbers and ask yourself to compare to what.
1: Yeah. And so just a shameless plug for our book, Equity Happens Win, which if you haven't read, I think you'll really enjoy because it talks about a couple of different things. In the first part of the story, it talks about a guy who needed to kind of reinvent himself and the importance of having a job in the beginning. And I was going to reference that earlier, but now it just came up. And the second thing, some of these financial strategies we're talking about are laid out mathematically for you. So if the idea of putting a spreadsheet together uh, is intimidating, then go in there and take a look at it. We run the numbers for you. Now, you should double check the numbers and make sure that they make sense to you and you really have your mind around it. But we say all the time, do the math and the math will tell you what to do.
0: Yeah. So good question. And uh, you're in a great position. You got a job and uh, you're a graduate and you've got uh, excitement about uh, renting, I think you've got a good little niche there. That's one of the things about being an investor. Get rich in a niche. Figure out something that you can do and get really, really good at. Student housing is a, a niche to consider for sure. Alright, this one comes from Eric in Napa, California. There's a pretty place. In December, you had a show with different interviews around the country discussing the current markets in different cities. That was a fun show. We had eight people from that eight different great. states. So we're going to do a show like that again. I think we, we liked that and we got good feedback on it. Uh, you had a gentleman on uh, from the Phoenix area. I looked under the resources section of the website but could not find anything there with his contact information uh, can you send it to me Uh, yes and and basically if you go under our resource section uh, on the website there's a lot of great stuff there
1: yeah so if you hover over the resource tab you'll see a drop-down menu and on the bottom of that drop-down menu says resource network if you click on that page everybody that's in our resource network is listed and you can search by company name or you can search by expertise and uh, obviously we want to continue to grow that but we just don't throw anybody up you know I most of the people on there, we've met personally, spent time with, visited their offices, have done business with ourselves, or have had people in our network do business with them. And this particular gentleman you're talking about, Tim Tice from Phoenix, is
0: a guy that we've known nearly ten years and have been in dozens and dozens of transactions with. So, you know, that, I'm not saying that that guarantees that you'll never have a problem working with Tim. I just don't know of anyone that ever has. So he's a guy we would endorse. You, you don't. You, Someone's not just going to take some stranger to jump on there and 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 put resource information on there. So. So it is at least we've done some due diligence, but at the same time, it's up to you to do yours.
1: Yeah, and just uh, since anybody out there, if you're listening, if you've got a great service provider, somebody you've done business with, CPA, lawyer, property manager, real estate agent, developer, whoever, uh, and you think they're super, there's an opportunity for you to refer that business to us in the resource section, and we'd love to hear about it. All right. So good question. Uh, We've got more. When we come back, it is Ask the Guys today
0: on Super Bowl edition of the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helm.
2: Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com.
0: Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid-South Home Buyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So, if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-888. extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Come meet Terry Kerr when the Real Estate Guys come to Memphis for an investor field trip March 2nd through 4th. Get all the details at realestateguysradio.com and click
3: on Events. As investors survey the country for markets and properties that will perform well for them over the next 5 to 10 years, one market in particular stands out. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta was the second fastest growing MSA throughout the last decade. It's home to the world's busiest airport and has one of the highest concentrations of Fortune 500 companies in the country. Atlanta is expected to add 100,000 new people every year for the next 10 years. And just next year alone, Atlanta is predicted to add over 50,000 new jobs. Now, what if I told you you could buy fully renovated, leased, and cash-flowing investment properties in this market for half a replacement cost? That's right, three- and four-bedroom homes in good suburban neighborhoods that can be purchased completely renovated for seventy dollars to $90,000. At Georgia Residential Partners, this is exactly what we do. We've been helping investors all over the country make solid real estate purchases in Atlanta for almost seven years. Call us today at 770-924-5450. Or check us out online at
1: GAinvesting.com. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The
0: Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, the number one downloaded podcast on iTunes. And thanks to you, we just hit our record month, more downloads last month than ever. And uh, we hope that's a trend that continues. So tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys. Today's Ask the Guys, and we like to take listener questions and do our best to answer them. This one comes from Chai uh, in Florida. Hi, guys. I eagerly await to listen to your show every Monday. So obviously a podcast listener in Florida. The Show Me the Money broadcast was great, and I was hoping to hear about how to cash out from a home I purchased free and clear, which I placed into an LLC. Would you happen to know? I talked to a few banks and they are only able to give a five-year loan. Is that the new normal? I purchased the rental with a credit card for 0% interest for a year and now want to pay it off before that year is up. Can't wait to hear from you in the boardroom with Rich Dad. All right. So I uh, had a great time uh, in Scottsdale at the Rich Dad boardroom event with the Robert and Kim Kiyosaki and uh, Josh and uh, Lisa and Shane. It was a, an amazing, uh, amazing time. We talked a lot about the summit at sea, surprisingly. Though. Yeah. And
1: Cutie was there too. Can't forget about Cutie.
0: Cutie. Yeah. Kimmy's dog, Cutie. All right, so uh, this is a great question, and uh, awesome that you can buy a house with a credit card today, Uh, but this is actually a financial strategy, and so our financial strategist is going to have something to say about this. You can buy your house with a credit card for 0% interest for a year, and now you got to figure out how to get a loan after the fact. used to be an easy thing, maybe not as easy today.
1: Well, and this goes back to this thing I mentioned earlier, why I um, am really hesitant to put equity into a property, because the thing is, if you treat your equity like a bank, and you, I can put the money in, you would think think I can get it back out again, but you can't. And you have to qualify to get back at your own money. And then you have to be able to, uh, you know, service it. So I'd much rather structure all that outside. But when you put a property into an LLC, a conventional lender that's going to be, you know, Fannie Freddie conforming type money, which is always going to be your cheapest, uh, most readily accessible money, they're not going to do business with the entity. Right. So you're going to have to get it out of the entity and structure it. Now, in some cases in the jurisdiction, that could create a transfer situation, a reassess A property tax. The other thing it could trigger is a profit tax, a capital gain. So you want to work closely with your CPA and your local taxing authority to make sure if I am moving this out of the LLC into my own name for the purposes of refinancing it. What does that look like? And so understand those ramifications. The next uh, advisor you want to meet with is going to be your mortgage advisor. Uh, you said you were going directly to, to the banks. I'm still a big fan of brokers because brokers deal with a lot of different people. They deal not only with the banks, a lot of the banks, but they're also dealing with private money sources who are recognizing the banks are not making very favorable loans. And so they're, as they always do, coming up with solutions to the lack of funding uh, in the marketplace. And so your broker is going to be able to tell you, hey, I've got lenders who will do those cash outs. You
0: know, a few weeks ago, we had Rob Bonham on the show, who's a certified equity happens mortgage consultant. He works in Minneapolis and he's a broker. He's not going to be able to do a deal for you in Florida. But one of the things he said is one of the best loans he has is a local bank. Now he's able to broker that. So he finds that information. So sometimes a local bank is the answer, but your likelihood of finding that local bank by going around and knocking doors is nowhere near as, as good as talking to a mortgage broker who knows who those people
1: are. Yeah, absolutely. So he can tell you then not only what loan products are available, but I go back to this notion of getting underwritten. What's that going to look like? Um, Because if you go in and talk to the bank and they pull your credit report and they see that you've got this huge balance because you purchased a property on your credit card, are they understanding that you're going to pay that property off with the new proceeds from the loan, because it's going to change your ratios. And so you have to make sure that the, the, the a person who's underwriting your file understands what the big picture what you're trying to do, not just, hey, I want to get cash out on this property, but what do I want to do with the money, and how is that going to affect my balance sheet? How is that going to affect my uh, debt-to-income ratios? And so that's another very important part of it.
0: Right, because this is not going to show up the same as if you had bought it for cash, because when they run your credit, they're going to see that you have this outstanding charge that you're maybe paying on and all that, but still. That's a liability that you have as opposed to just cashing out today. Harder to get cash out uh, of a property than it used to be, but there certainly are programs if you own a property free and clear to be able to finance that property. You add a layer of complexity when you have the LLC. and LLC, obviously, for asset protection, definitely reasons to do that, but it does become complicated when you're refinancing.
1: Well, once it's refinanced, you can probably put it back in the LLC and you have even more flexibility with that if you're dealing with a hard money lender, a private lender, they They're equity-based lenders. They'll give you 40 or 50% on the property, and maybe that's enough to meet your needs. You didn't specify, but but, uh, if that's enough to meet your needs, you're not going to have a problem getting some cash out of that property. But again, I think a mortgage broker is the guy you want to deal with. But before you go down the path and execute the paper, make sure you understand the tax ramifications on it, uh, moving it in and out of the LLC. Our next question comes from Dan in Washington. Pennsylvania,
0: no, not Washington State or Washington, D.C., Washington, Pennsylvania. I've listened to your podcast for about a year, and I've read your book and uh, many other books on real estate investing. I see that you have mentoring clubs in several locations, but not in my area. Do you have any uh, mentoring opportunities in other locales or nationally Or do you have any suggestions on what to look for in such a club or a mentoring program? Well, yeah, absolutely we have suggestions. In fact, we did a whole show you can find in our archives about that. We think if uh, there's not a club in your area, you can start one, and that's a great way to do it. Uh, We we started 10 years ago with our mentoring club in Northern California, expanded that to Southern California, expanded to Dallas. And pretty soon we got looking at the calendar and realizing that there's only so many places we can be, and we have, uh, by the way, other business to run (laughs) besides the radio show. So uh, we have made a massive... Massive change, and hopefully this will be something you're interested in, in Dan. Uh, We just got finished a few weeks back taping the very first mentoring club. We now do our mentoring club just once a month at a studio where we tape it and uh, it's we're excited about this it came out really good for the first time and we're excited about being able to share the information that we've uh, only shared with a very small group of people at mentoring club uh, for 10 years now with a a, a larger audience so you can find out about that on our website it's called our inner circle program and it includes uh, the mentoring club every month and a whole bunch of other really cool stuff we're excited about that Uh, but when you're looking for a club a lot of investment clubs out there operate differently some investment clubs are really investment clubs where people People pull money together and go invest in things. The the vast majority, though, of investing clubs are, are basically where somebody organizes a, a meeting and has guest speakers who often are there to sell you something, whether it's education or whether it's a property or whether it's an LLC or a trust or, or, or whatever. You can learn great information there, but but understand it's kind of a, a sales pitch deal. One of the things that we did with our mentoring club from the very beginning is said that there will be no selling of any kind. The Guest speakers aren't allowed to pitch anything, and so... That was just a a decision we made doesn't mean that that's the only way to do it so for sure see what's in your area and it's a great way to network this is a business that is a belly-to-belly business so get around uh, the folks and and supplement it with information we'd sure love to have you as a member in a circle but at the same time get out and meet some people
1: Yeah, it's the reason we uh, have such a a uh, consistent beer habit because when it's a belly-to-belly business the bigger your belly the easier it is to get along with folks
0: there you go Uh, speaking of beer we'll be consuming a lot of it on the 10th annual investor summit at sea and we still have cabins left Not too many though. It is filling up nicely. We're super excited about being able to sail for the 10th time with a whole group of investors. It's March 29th is the evening it starts and it goes all the way through Saturday, April 7th. Got a couple of days on land in Orlando, then seven days aboard the Carnival Dream. Our days at sea, classes, seminars, roundtable discussions, getting to know other real estate investors, hanging out with the amazing faculty. On the shore days, we go and have a good time. We've got a big beach party in Cozumel. We're going to do a real estate shore excursion in Belize. We're going to hang out with Ken McElroy, one of the most successful apartment investors you'll ever meet. Robert and Kim Kiyosaki are going to be with us, an amazing CPA, Tom Wheelwright, attorneys Marisa Raoult and Garrett Sutton. Uh, it's really going to be an outstanding time. We'd love to have you come with us. You can find out all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com and click on the button
1: that says Summit. Yep. The Summit is going to be awesome. And we've got uh, the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. So you're uh, if you want to get into the inner workings of the Fed and kind of get your mind bent a little bit spend time with uh with him he's an amazing guy
0: so what you have to do between this week and next week is get to our website at realestateguysradio.com if you're not already subscribing to our email newsletter just put your email address in and you are automatically entered into a drawing on next week's show we're going to give away a cabin Two folks, you and a friend, are going to get to come on the Investor Summit at Sea for free if you win that drawing. And the only way you can win is if you enter. So do that on our website. Big thanks to all of our resource partners and our resource guide who make the show possible. Thanks to our engineering team for bringing this show to you. And we'll see you next week on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Go make some equity happen.
2: This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at BeYourBank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Texas Investor Homes, discover high-yield, low-risk, double-digit cash on cash returns through interim construction funding. Hassle-free cash flow investing, creating cash flow opportunities for real estate investors with brand new single family homes in Dallas, Texas. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton.